WBEZ is supported by Chicago Humanities, presenting live events with historians Doris Kearns Goodwin and John Meacham, comedian Reggie Watts, and filmmaker Miranda July, and artists Hebrew Brantley and Amanda Williams in conversation. Plus, MSNBC chief correspondent Ali Velshi on small yet powerful acts of courage throughout history. Tickets for these events and more conversations on arts, culture, and current affairs at chicagohumanities.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your daily dose of news, politics, and culture. Now, if getting a flu shot isn't on your to-do list, maybe throw it on there for this week, especially since experts predict this will be a particularly rough flu season. And on top of that, a COVID variant is still milling around. Can you safely get vaccinated for both at once? We'll get answers now from Dr. Mia Termina, an infectious disease specialist with Dooley Health and Care. Doctor, I'm hearing of so many more people getting sick with a cold or the flu as, as the seasons begin to change here, especially as temperatures kind of swing up and down. Why does that typically happen? So what's going on right now is exactly what happens kind of every flu season, every fall. We have these numbers go up and down in terms of temperatures, in terms of weather patterns, and, you know, outside activities move indoors. People start gathering and maybe having pause about having an outdoor gathering and scheduling stuff to be indoors because the weather can be a bit unpredictable. And that just has more folks in the same space with less ventilation. And the chances of spreading things as simple as the common cold are quite high. And there are a lot of people with coughs and sniffles right now that could be run-of-the-mill coughs and colds, could be COVID. And uh, we are starting to see some influenza cases as well. And so are are we still at that stage where it's it's a cold until, or it's it's COVID until proven otherwise? I think you said that months and months ago when you and I spoke about, you know, kind of assuming, taking that test right off the bat just to kind of rule COVID out before you assume, oh, it's just a cold. Absolutely, you should do that. I mean, that is still what's going around, even as we are in this lull with COVID cases, and we are at, um, you know, numbers that are much, much lower than they have been in the past. We're looking at over 18,000 cases of COVID in Illinois last week alone. So it's still the major thing that's circulating. And with our access to testing and home testing, you absolutely should test for COVID if you are symptomatic. And if those symptoms persist and you test negative initially, go ahead and retest in another day or two or three and make sure you're staying isolated. Make sure that you're being responsible uh, if you are having cold symptoms to avoid transmitting whatever you have mm-hmm. onto the next person. Yeah. This year's flu season, doctor, it's about to get underway, but what do we know about how challenging the season's going to be? This is going to be a challenging one. There are so many factors at play and and sort of most worrisome is we always have influenza vaccines and we always have a number of people that do get influenza and those antibodies get carried over time. 
we've had such a mild flu season the last two years because of masking, social distancing, and all of the COVID mitigation strategies that we don't have a lot of circulating antibody in our community right now that was naturally acquired. We do have a, a immunity that we're able to get from our flu shots and a lot of protection that we can get from those, and we absolutely should get them. But this could be a flu season where many people who have never had influenza before get the flu. And we also know that the numbers of influenza cases in the Southern Hemisphere peaked sooner than expected, and we are already seeing cases in the U.S. This is very early mm -hmm. for influenza. So we've had over 300 cases in the U.S. already, primarily down south, Texas and surrounding states, but we're going to be seeing flu cases move their way up here. And this is the time to start thinking about that influenza vaccine sooner rather than later. And the CDC advises by the end of October for sure. And just to remind us about that uh, vaccine, does it prevent us from getting and transmitting the flu or does it help more against hospitalizations? All of the above. Um, you know, we look back to our last real influenza season, which was before COVID, you know, 2019, 2020. It's estimated when we look back that the flu vaccine among those who received it prevented about 7.5 million flu-like illnesses and uh, more than 6,000 deaths. So yes, the flu shot absolutely prevents influenza and prevents death. That being said, there are absolutely going to be breakthrough cases. And in folks that do get influenza after being vaccinated, your chances of having to seek medical attention for your influenza are 40 to 60% lower than if you were not vaccinated. So even when our flu vaccines are a very good match for what's going around, you're looking at a dramatic decrease in getting the flu. And if you do get a flu, a dramatic decrease in having any need to seek medical attention. And a reminder, we're taking your calls as well. If you've got a question for Dr. Teramina, our phone lines are open right now. Let's hear from Margaret, who's phoning in from Glenview, Illinois. Hey, Margaret, welcome to Reset. Hi. Um, my question is, can I take the recent vaccine that's available for COVID-19 as well as a shingles vaccine at the same time? Hmm, good question. That's a great question. Yep, you absolutely can. Um, both of those vaccines could have some side effects with those flu-like symptoms, body aches, fevers. The new shingles vaccine, I guess it's not so new anymore, is a killed vaccine. It's not a live virus vaccine. But to the extent you'll have some sore arms and feeling fatigued, uh, you may be down and out a little bit, but that's just your body making those important antibodies to help protect you. You don't need to gap those vaccines at all. You can get them the same day. Thank you for your question, Margaret. Uh, the CDC, Dr. Teramina, reported an increase in pediatric hospitalizations for severe respiratory illnesses. Why is that? You know, we're seeing an uptick in another player here. It's a respiratory virus that often does travel through pediatric populations. It's an enterovirus. Um, enterovirus is going to be different than our COVID flu RSV in things that, yes, absolutely make kids sick and can put kids in the hospital if they become severely sick. Enterovirus and the strain that's circulating right now is 
is causing kids to become weaker, sicker, and need more medical attention. I haven't personally seen a case of it. I don't typically see pediatric cases, but these cases are being reported, and the symptoms are being described as almost polio-like, where mm. kids are so weak, they cannot walk. They sometimes need to be placed on ventilators because their chest muscles are so weak and they can't breathe effectively. So this is a, another viral respiratory thing that is of serious concern, all the more reason why we need to be very mindful of being in close proximity to others when respiratory viruses are spreading so rampantly. Mm -hmm. Bring us up to speed on the numbers, Dr. Taramina. How is COVID affecting this region today? So we are coming down. We're, we're at a lull for sure. Um, again, about 18,000 cases reported last week, and there were 74 deaths in the state of Illinois last week as well. So as we start to see in the media commentary along the lines of the pandemic is over or it's just the flu at this point, um, that's not necessarily how I want to look at things. You know, we're still talking about over 400 deaths per day in the United States right now with numbers being so, so, so low. And if we stay at this point and we don't have any more surges and we still carry forward hundreds of deaths per day, we're looking at 100,000, 120,000 deaths per year due to COVID. That is way more than what we see in a typical influenza year, where we might see 30,000 deaths, or even in a bad influenza year, where we might see 50 or 60,000 influenza deaths. This is still a different animal, mm -hmm. and it needs to be respected as such. So yes, we are in a lull. We are in a much better place. We know the fall is coming up. We know we have all these strategies to keep us safe. 188,000 people have already got their booster dose in Illinois, which is great. Uh, the, the bivalent booster, I should say, which mm -hmm. is great. And we need to keep that, that energy going, keep these bivalent boosters getting into arms, and we will have a much milder surge of cases this fall. Yeah, that bivalent uh, booster. Remind us what's different about these shots, Dr. T.? Yeah, so basically what they did is reformulate the existing messenger RNA vaccines. And that's the beauty of these messenger RNA vaccines, the fact that we can go back to the table and we can change the genetic coding to protect what's going around. That can't be done instantly or overnight, but to the extent that Omicron has dominated all of 2022, it's given these drug manufacturers some time to go ahead and add in genetic coding to protect against the Omicron variant circulating. And since each of these Omicron variants have been similar to one another, not exact, uh, we hope that we'll get some durability with these bivalent boosters if we don't mutate wildly further. If we just have small mutations from BA4, BA5 onward, mm -hmm. we may still get some good efficacy from these bivalent boosters. And while we're talking about these boosters, let's hear from Kathy in Parkridge, who's got a question. Hi, Kathy. Oh, Hi. I have been vaxxed and boosted, and I one week ago I received the new bivalent uh, booster, and since then I seem to have arthritis in my one knuckle and a spot in my right hand, which is unusual. I don't have arthritis, but this uh, um, it's a very sharp pain, and my knuckles already seems to be um, like a knot in it. And, uh, and uh, not in my hand. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear that, Kathy. Any thoughts on that, Dr. Teramina? 
Yeah, Kathy, we do have folks that have different manifestations of vaccine effects as their body is making those antibody responses. And some folks might have a fever, some might have a headache. Synovitis or inflammation in the capsules around the joints, that is something that we have heard before. Um, you should be able to talk to your provider about taking some over-the-counter anti-inflammatories to see if that helps. A symptom like that should be monitored, but it should go away over the next week or so. I would say two weeks on the long end. So definitely see your provider if that's not getting any better to make sure there's not something else going on. We also know that occasionally vaccines can precipitate something, like uh, if you have a predisposition to gout or pseudogout, you could have a flare as your body is making this you know, inflammatory response and making these antibodies. So definitely see your provider if that's not getting any better, but it is not something that is unheard of. I have definitely seen cases of joint inflammation after vaccine. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with infectious disease specialist, Dr. Mia Teramina. But all things COVID boosters, flu shots, and more. Uh, let's jump to another caller here, Kathy from The Loop. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah. Um, uh, is anything known about the side effects? I'm uh, particularly interested in knowing if it causes any auditory symptoms. Um, I have Meniere's disease, and I know the mRNA vaccines can cause increased uh, in hearing loss and tinnitus. But I'm hoping the Novavax vaccine, since it's made differently, would not cause those symptoms. So I'm just wondering uh, what might be known about the, the side effects of Novavax. Thank you, Kathy. Go ahead, doctor. Yeah, thanks, Kathy. Um, I have not personally heard of any cases of folks getting Novavax and having dizziness or auditory issues. Um, you're absolutely correct. There are some folks that um, receive the messenger RNA vaccine and do have problems with dizziness and some ringing in their ears. Usually that is self-limited and goes away. But with a history of Meniere's, I think Novavax could be a very good option for you. And you should speak with your provider about that. Um, most of the side effects uh, reported with Novavax have been very similar to the other vaccines, sore arm, low-grade fevers, body aches, some flu-like symptoms, all of which 24 to 48 hours generally go away. Here's Linda from Lakeview. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for your information. I had COVID at the end of July, mild symptoms. I was put on Paxlovid. It really kicked in. COVID really kicked in for me. They weren't terrible, but the whole bit. Uh, so I'm wondering, am I immune for a bit, a few months, or and uh, when should I get a flu shot and the new booster shot? I've been fully vaccinated and boosted. And the last thought is I substitute in CPS schools. Masks aren't mandatory right now. Very few people are wearing them. So I'm, I'm in the environment, but I wear masks actually with an insert. Mm -hmm. So, Good questions, Linda. Yeah, those are great questions, and it sounds like you're doing everything you can to protect yourself. We know from earlier on in the pandemic that we definitely do get some antibody protection when we've recovered from COVID. And that antibody protection lasts a few months, and then it starts to fall off over time. There was a while where we said that you shouldn't get a COVID booster or COVID vaccine until 90 days after recovery. And then when we went through the Delta portion of this pandemic, we were giving boosters as soon as you've recovered, so you didn't have to wait. 
The official recommendation is that you can get a booster at any point after recovery, and since it's well past July, you certainly can. And you can wait as long as 90 days, but that's when we really start getting a fall off in our natural protective antibodies. So I've been telling my patients one to two months, and that's kind of the sweet spot where you're at right now. You can get that COVID bivalent booster at any point today, tomorrow, and you can get a flu shot at any time as well. If there was any reason to gap those or you wanted to not get them the same time, the same day, you could get the bivalent booster first. That's what's going around. And make sure you get that flu shot prior to the end of October. What are you uh, most paying attention to, Dr. Teramina, about these viruses as as we get into this cooler weather? We, we didn't touch on monkeypox, which that's also making its rounds, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah, there's about 1,200 cases of monkeypox reported in Illinois uh, as of the last count. It is uh, slowing down quite a bit, and we are seeing that impact of vaccinating the most vulnerable folks. Nationwide, we have about 540,000 doses of monkeypox vaccine given, and we need to, to continue rolling that out. Many states are expanding access, so we'll we'll stay tuned for that. My biggest radar right now is watching what happens with these COVID trends as we approach yet another fall in the setting of having a much better booster available. We're already seeing case counts come down considerably in New York State and other areas where the booster has been rolling out. And if we can see these numbers continue to decline and get a good amount of efficacy from these vaccines, we may have a much, much nicer um, uh, COVID flu season, COVID fall season, and then we'll see how the flu season comes into play as well. That's infectious disease specialist Dr. Mia Teramina with Dooley Health and Care. Thank you, Dr. Teramina. Thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Brenda Ruiz. It was mixed by Andrew Merriweather. If you like having Reset in your podcast feed, then consider subscribing and hear all our great conversations and interviews. And while you're there, please leave us a rating. That really helps other listeners find us too. And it supports the work that we do. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.